Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. everybody it is tuesday may 30th 2023 it is indeed a heck of a morning we are live on the fma fighting twitter spaces you can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the mma fighting podcasting network hope everyone's having a great start to their week i am mike heck thanks for joining us so far so mid for this week for your boy yesterday was memorial day did the Murph, did it in really good time. I actually think I could have done better, but I woke up Saturday, you can probably hear it in my voice, uh, nasty head cold, like basically everything from my like mustache of the beard that I've apparently tried to been growing out up to like the top of my head is just like, it's just, it's like a bunch of clay is just forming up and hardening in there. It's just brutal. Um, but we got through it, had a really good time and then just kind of chilled, worked the desk for a little while yesterday and then I relaxed and then I watched the Boston Celtics play basketball game seven in Boston against the Miami heat. And it was a, it was a tough one. It was a tough one. Best player on the team gets hurt 15 seconds into the game. We tried to battle through it. Celtics just didn't show up. They preferred to smile rather than step on the gas, and Miami beat them. And, boy, I thought the Dallas-Texas fans were the worst fans in sports. I think Miami might, have, might beat them out. I think it's very possible. The amount of shit talk that I got when I woke up this morning, was just unbelievable. I mean, it was incredible. Twitter, Instagram, like all these Miami fans just talking smack. Like, 
Like I play for the Celtics. It was, I actually was laughing. I actually was laughing because my response would be like, act like you've won before, but you don't win very often. So you don't really know how to act. Yeah. You want to, you won some championships when you had like the most ridiculously stacked team in the history of the world. And the fact that you didn't win every single time is a travesty. But here's the thing. You beat the Celtics. You almost pissed away an easy series win. You got the Celtics on their D-minus game, and it still took you seven games to beat them. And it took their best player getting hurt 15 seconds into the game for you to accomplish that. And here's another lesson for you. And you can listen to me coming from being a fan of the greatest sports city of all time because all we do is win championships. Sometimes we lose them. You lose most of them, Miami fans. Here's the thing. If you don't beat Denver, if you don't win it all, nobody gives a fuck that you beat the Celtics. Nobody gives a shit that you beat the Celtics if you don't win the whole thing. Especially with how you guys are acting. If you don't win it all, nobody cares and you will be a laughing stock. I will come on here and just crush all of you with how you're acting. If you don't win at all, nobody cares. Nobody cares, and all they're going to remember is that the Celtics' best player got hurt 15 seconds into the game, and that's the only reason you won Game 7. Trust me, I don't feel that way. I don't feel that way, but the whole entire sports world, after the way you have behaved, are all going to feel that way, and I can't wait because you have no chance of beating Denver. Denver is going to run you off the floor, and they're probably going to do it in four games, five maybe. They're going to hammer you. Absolutely destroy the Heat. It's not even going to be a competitive series. It's going to be the lowest rated series in the history of the NBA Finals. And you're not going to win. And that's okay. Because you have, you have a win over the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Wow. Congratulations. But if you don't win it all, Nobody gives a shit. So that's all I have to say to you. But I'm sure other people are going to chime in. I was going to give y'all a bunch of congratulatory thoughts today. I woke up, I was like, shit, we lost. I was going to come out and say nice things. But then I woke up to all of your responses. And now my mind has changed. And you don't deserve any congratulations. You deserve what's about to happen to you in the finals. And I can't wait for it. I can't wait. I wasn't even going to watch it. I was like, eh, season's over. But I'm watching every gosh darn second of that finals. I'm going to watch every second of it. I'm going to watch every point. Y'all get scores against your asses, which is going to be about 47,000 of them because you can't stop him. You don't have the size. You don't have the physicality. He's laughing right now. He's just sitting there laughing right now. The whole team's just like, pfft. We got to rest to play this team in the finals who struggled with a D-minus showing up Celtics team. Uh, it's going to be incredible. All right. Enough about me. Let's get to you all. Let's go to Abswalia. And we'll talk about some MMA. What's up, Abswalia? How you How doing? doing? I'm good. doing good. Yeah, so um, I'll quickly start off with um, just an MMA question, then I'll just speak a little bit on the NBA, if that's all right. 
So my MMA question heading on is um, how excited are we looking towards this upcoming weekend card for the UFC? You know, um, and I guess uh, the main event, um, the guy Kai Kara Francis, um, I'm not sure, I've got his name, but uh, do you really think there's a good chance he could be Kai Kara Francis Saturday based on his uh, fighting style and how good he's been in the last few fights? And uh, just regarding the NBA, you know, I, I'm a Miami Heat fan. Um, I, I definitely agree we have really horrible fan base. And a lot of our fan bases are people who uh, grew up in the LeBron, D-Wade era. So, you know, you're going to expect that. And while I do agree there's a lot of classless fans, you know, Celtics fans are pretty classless too. And I just want to say, you know, Miami Heat should have not ever been in this position in the first place. They, they were never even meant to come this far. You know, the fact they came this far, they'll, they'll probably go down as, you know, they're probably not going to win the ring. You, you know, Jokic is a fucking monster. Unless some way, somehow, Spolstra can magically put all his will and find a way to, you know, double team, triple team, which I highly unlikely is going to happen. You know, I think, you know, Miami will get a bit of respect for making this final. They beat the number one seed who was expected to at least, very least make the East Conference final. They beat a solid New York Knicks team who also had all the potential to make it. You know, this Boston team was amazing. I'll give them credit. And I think, you know, it really would have truly meant something if Jason and Jalen had overcome a 3-0 deficit, you know. But there's no excuses. They had all the home court advantage. You know, I understand Jason was injured, but I wouldn't say it's a viable excuse because he still played most of that game. Credit to, all credit to him, you know, and I think he could have done more. Jalen, Jalen was pretty horrible. The only guys who I think really did good today was Derek White, you know, Al Horford at times, and, um, you know, some of the other role players. But, yeah, I mean, it was a really good series, and I think it will go down in um, NBA history, one of the greatest um, NBA uh, Game 7 series that we'll ever see. But, yeah, you know, this is sports, man. You're always going to have some classless trash fans on, you know, every side. I, I definitely have my respect for Boston, and I would have not, any problem they make the finals or had they played to up to, uh, up to their potential standard. Uh, thanks, man. Have a great day. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was a series. It was a series. I mean, watching it from the Boston perspective was tough because they sucked the whole time. Uh, they had moments. They had moments. They had spurts, but they were pretty awful the entire seven games. Um, I was shocked that they were able to push this to seven. I was shocked they won game six. I mean, Derek White deserves just so much credit, but the Celtics were horrible. Like, they were terrible in the series. Uh, and Miami caught them. I mean, did, Miami's just surging, man. That's, that's what the postseason's like. You know, that's how the Bruins series was with the Panthers. Panthers just got in, got red hot at the right time. Caught the Bruins, who played really well in that series for the most part. And the Panthers just, like, outgritted them. Um, I don't feel the same way in this series as I felt about the Panthers. But, dude, it's, it, it's, it's a good win. You know, good for them. But, again, doesn't matter unless you win the whole thing. The way, your te- the way everyone's been talking – you can't ride a win over the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals into the next season if you get the doors blown off of you in the finals. 
It's not, well, well, at least you beat the Celtics. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. That's like if the Red Sox beat the Yankees in that series in 2004, but then they just got launched out in five games by the Cardinals. It's not like, well, at least you beat the Yankees. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And as far as the card this weekend, eh, I mean, it's look, it's a fight night card. Main event's good. I like it. Can Amir Albazi win? Sure. He's a good fighter. He's a good fighter. And the rest of the card is very fight nighty. It's not bad. We lost maybe the most intriguing fight on the entire card, in my opinion, with Malarkey and Guram Tatsalatse, who just can't get back in the octagon for some reason. But it's not, I mean, it's not bad. It's better than the last couple, I think. So we'll see how it plays out. I think a lot of people are excited to have the UFC back. Uh, let's go to Four Ounce Sniper. Hello, Four Ounce Hey, Mike, Sniper. can you hear me? Yes. Hey, heck of a morning. Uh, I'm surprised you went live today. Wait, I guess it's Tuesday. You usually go live on Tuesday. I'm tripping. Um, so... I just wanted your quick thoughts on the co-main event going down this weekend. Daniel Pineda versus uh, Alex Caceres. Uh, Daniel Pineda, 28 wins, all by finish. So, obviously, he's probably got to get a finish against Alex Caceres if he's going to win. Uh, yeah, just if you could, just give a quick breakdown of that fight. It's going to be a good one. Pineda is just pure chaos, man. That dude doesn't go to the cards. Ever. Like, it's all by finishes, but, like, has he actually ever gone to the cards? Yeah, a few times. But mostly he doesn't go to the cards. When was the last time he went to the cards? 2016 was the last time Daniel Pineda went to the cards. Uh, It was a splitty against Emmanuel Sanchez and Bellator. Dude doesn't fight uh, for a long time. He fights. He doesn't punch a punch a clock. He's not here to be paid by the hour. So he's just going to bring a lot of chaos, and I love that. And Alex Caceres is obviously a guy who can finish fights too. I think Caceres could probably just – I think if Caceres could just sort of weather the storm that Pineda is going to put on him, I think he's going to have a really good chance to win this fight. But Pineda, again, is just such a chaotic fighter, and – he looks to end things very quickly. So I think the longer it goes, the more it favors Caceres. I, this one kind of strikes me as a kind of like the Cub Swanson fight where I could see Pineda getting a lot of success early. I see Caceres landing a lot of leg kicks. I see him landing some big shots, maybe stealing some momentum in the sec- in the sec at the end of the first and then maybe getting him out of there in the second. So it should be a good one. I like the matchup. Uh, let's go to JD. Then CV, then Mikey, then Terrence. JD, hello. All right, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, doing pretty well. So, um, got a question about Ian Gary for you. Because I saw him at UFC Charlotte. Um, 
it is, and it was up there with Brian Battles' um, finish over Gabe Green over who got the biggest pop of the night. Um, but where do you see Ian Gary in the next three to five years? Do you think that he'll compete for UFC title in the next three years, maybe win within the next five? Um, but yeah, just your thoughts on that. Good buddy. Thanks, man. Yeah. I like, I like Ian a lot. I think he's tremendously skilled. I still feel like even though he's tremendously skilled, he still has a lot of room to grow. He's just getting started. What's he, 24? Let me just make sure I have this completely right. He is 25. He'll be 26 in November. This dude's three, four years away from his athletic prime, and he's already a top 15 welterweight in the world. He's Honestly, I think the sky's the limit for him. I think the sky's the limit for him. I don't know who he's going to fight next. I wanted him to call out Kevin Holland. I still think he should have called out Kevin Holland, uh, even though Kevin's fighting somebody else. It wasn't booked at the time. But, yeah, I th- three years? Yeah, I think he fights for the belt in three years. Because I think the UFC is going gonna, is gonna to book him appropriately so that he does get to – the UFC is behind him. They're behind him. They want to get back to Dublin. They're going to – if they can't get Connor headlining in Dublin, they're going to use Ian Gary to do so. So they're behind him. They're behind him. I think they're going to meticulously matchmake for him. And yeah, I could see a world where he does fight for the belt in three to five years. He will fight for the belt at some point in his career. Will he win it? Well, we'll see, but he will definitely fight for the belt. I, I'm pretty confident. CV, hello. Yo, Mike, can you hear me? Yes. Hey, man. Good morning. I uh, hope you had a great weekend. Um, shout out to the Celtics. Congrats to Miami. Um, as a Lakers fan, I was actually rooting for the Celtics, believe it or not. So they could uh, destroy the Nuggets. I thought Boston and Denver would have been the more uh, compelling finals, but uh, it's okay. And uh, if you guys don't want Jalen Brown, you can, give it, you, can give it to, you can give them to us next season if you guys don't mind. But uh, <laughs> just a quick question for me. Um, I was thinking about how you're saying featherweight was, uh, you know, one of the more exciting divisions. Uh, like, I, I, I forgot which show you said that in. But, um, yeah, I was thinking about, um, is there any news or any update about um, Giga Chikadze? Like, um, I know we got, like, a few, like, we got a lot of killers in that division. But um, I'm really interested to hear if there's anything, you know, new coming out of, out of them. And um, potentially, like, who, who would you think he'd fight next for his, um, like, return fight? Thanks. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's been a it's been a weird road for Giga. I think he's been saying that he's been there's talks about maybe him fighting Brian Ortega. Which honestly, I just don't like that fight for him. I would pick Brian Ortega pretty quickly and pretty confidently. Like I know Giga's uh like, I know Giga is a dangerous guy, but Calvin Cater beat the brakes off of him. Like, that fight was not close. Calvin beat the brakes off of him. So, I would say, like, 
I don't know. They might do the Ortega fight, but if I'm if I'm his team, I'm like, dude, take a step back. Because if he loses two in a row, he's like he's cooked in this division. He's he's not a spring chicken. He's gonna be 35 this summer. So like the window is closing. So you gotta make a like you have to be meticulous. You have to be smart about how you you get booked. Honestly, I like the um Let me just take a look here. I like the winner of Danny Gay versus Nate Landwehr for for Giga, honestly. I think that's kind of like right around the wheelhouse. I think stylistically those are two matchups that he can hang in, uh, that he could win, could lose, but could win. Um, I like that, honestly. More, Much more. I mean, obviously it's if he beats Ortega, that's huge, but I – that's a tough one, man. That's a tough fight. Coming off the cater loss, going right in there with Brian Ortega. Boy, that's that's a tough hang. So maybe they do Ortega. I don't know. But other than that, I I, I would give him the winner of EA versus Landwehr and just see where he's at. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Mikey, how are we doing? Great weekend. Um, first of all, just to address something real quick, previous CV, how in the world, as a Laker fan, can you utter out of your mouth that you were rooting for the Celtics? That's, uh, no, you root for the Nuggets because they swept the Lakers. You root for the team that beat the Lakers to win the title. Second, you have to prevent the Celtics from breaking the tie with the Lakers for most titles of all time. Like, that's... That logic doesn't make sense to me. I mean, both Miami and Boston can go to hell, to be honest. But anyways, notwithstanding. Also, um, as for Giga, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Billy Q if 
there's stuff with the fight in the same division. Is Billy Q fighting a lightweight or featherweight? Anyways, oh, nah, he's, a featherweight. Yeah, he's a featherweight. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them go at it, but that's just tossing it out. Um, glad to see the UFC's back, but of course, I'm sure MMA Twitter is going to find something wrong with the card or, you know, pretend like this card is something that it isn't. But anyways, at least you guys got fights back. Um, however, I'm more focused on pro wrestling. It was a really big weekend of pro wrestling. I just want to get your thoughts on Night of Champions. Um, I thought the swerve was great. I just didn't like that it happened in Saudi. And what your thoughts on Double or Nothing was? Because uh, I was able to go and in-house. It was a really good pay-per-view. As, the, mat, the card got better every match as it got, got on. The main event was amazing. Uh, the, four, the four pillars title match was great. Anyways, that'll be all for me. Good to hear from you guys. Be kind to one another. I'll see you around. Oh, my, am I... Uh... Am I glad I got a hot tag for this one? So I watched, I, I did watch quite a bit of wrestling this week. Um, I watched Night of Champions. I thought it was really solid. Uh, the swerve happening in Saudi was, I get where you're coming from, but. I thought it was a really solid card. Like honestly, I thought it was a really solid card. The the crowd just absolutely popped for the Usos turning on Roman, and it was it was pretty solid. It was pretty solid. wasn't great, wasn't bad, but very solid. And it left us with a with a massive memory at the end. Uh, I watched NXT as well. I watched that last night before the Celtics shit the bed. It was pretty damn good. I thought the Wesley, Joe Gacy, Tyler Bate match was frigging great. There were some things that weren't so great. The uh, Ilya Dragunov Dijak match might be the match of the year. It's going to be, to me, that is the best match WWE has put on by a mile. It's not even close. If you haven't watched it, if you're a wrestling fan, go to Battleground on Peacock and watch that match. It is fucking incredible. It's one of the best matches you're going to... It's one. It will be a top 10 wrestling match of the year, in my opinion. It's excellent. Last man standing, it's excellent. Then we go to Double or Nothing. And I actually watched it and... Yikes, man. I was not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, there were some things that I like. Here's the thing with AEW. Their booking sucks. The television show sucks. Nothing makes sense. Everything's overbooked. Everything's razzle-dazzle. And none of it makes sense. You had a match. Think about this, guys. Think about this if you're not a wrestling fan. Let's just say, like, this would never happen. But let's just say in a weird world that the UFC did an unsanctioned match and they put in two guys unsanctioned where the, the promotion is not responsible for what happens in the fight. And something happens, just it's, use your imagination. Unsanctioned, anything goes, we're not responsible for anything. But then all of a sudden a referee just says, eh, we're going to stop it, even though we have no responsibility over it. Makes no sense. I mean, literally makes no sense. I will say this, though. 
I'm not a fan. I I didn't love the main event just because if you watched NXT or not NXT AEW on TV, you saw every single thing they did already on on free television. So like, there's nothing that really stood out. The four way match, the four pillars match was fucking great. That stole the show. MJF is the best wrestler. He's the five tool player. The guy has it all. That match is great. Really, really great. Uh, but the rest of the show, uh, I love the Chris Statlander moment. I thought that was kind of cool. A lot of people didn't like just all of a sudden Jade Cargill's streak ending, but I thought it was like a pretty cool moment on the show. Uh, obviously, Wardlow jumping off the freaking ladder was pretty damn cool. But the rest of the show, man, it just, it just didn't make sense. It was overbooked and was just sloppy. Didn't seem like the, the crowd was into a ton of it. But the, the MJF, Jungle Boy, Guevara, Darby Allen match was excellent. Battle Royal was, was awful. Um, I just I wasn't a fan of it. AEW has so much potential, but Tony Khan sucks as a booker. He's so bad. Like, you got to get somebody in there that can book and, like, make it make sense because it's just, it's just a waste. Like, Normally, you could AEW gets away with it because the TV show is so bad that when you get to the pay-per-view, you're like, okay, you can almost forgive how shitty the television show is and how the build has been to the pay-per-view because the pay-per-view actually delivers. This one did not deliver outside of the heavyweight title fight or match, if you will. But the rest of it was just... I was like, none of this shit makes sense. Like... It's pretty bad when you have the best tag team in the world. And even that match is pretty bad outside of a wife of a 50-something-year-old wrestler like dinging people with guitars to steal the spotlight of the match and make it digestible. It was just a bad... Honestly, I think it was a bad night for AEW outside of MJF and those, those guys. Not great. Did not... Did not enjoy it, but I love that match. That match was really, really good. But the rest of it, yikes. Tough hang. To me, you were there. Maybe you had a different experience, Mikey, but uh, watching on television, oh boy, it was that rough. Terrence, hello. Hey, what's up, Mike? How are you? Good. Um, since y'all talk about wrestling, I watched it. I think AEW's only saving grace is NJF, like you just said. I think, like, they need to pay CM Punk whatever money they can have him come back as a heel because he can't be a face anymore because everybody is against him right now. But his heel work is like the best. So if they bring him back, I think that's the only way that they can kind of like pick up some kind of steam again. But other than that, it seems like they're done for. Something needs to change for sure because it's been an awful product lately. Um, in regards to the USC stuff, um, I'm not talking about this week. I want to talk about the pay-per-view. Um, so we have Amanda Nunes and Arini fighting for the belt. And with that being said, <clears throat> you have Arini has all the potential to be a star. I personally think win, lose, or draw, I think Amanda should retire because I think she's holding back that division. Um, it sounds negative, but I think it will be like almost like a John Jones situation to where once she leaves, the division will become fun again and be more digestible, and then maybe we'll have people either moving up or coming over 
and make it 135 grade again because it's the only 135 division in any major promotion. So where else they're going to go? Um, but I think she's the reason as to why people move down to 125. So with her being gone, it'll encourage people to come back up to take on potential title shots. Um, and lastly, I wanted to talk about what you brought up this at the beginning in regards to the Celtics and how Miami's the worst fans or Florida's the worst fans out, whatever you just said. So as you might know, I'm from Florida. And I have friends all over the country. It wasn't just Miami fans that's probably like tweeting at you. It's probably fans from all over the country because it's almost like the mentality of anybody but a certain sports team. And nobody wants the Celtics to win except for the Celtics. It's almost like when you're at a Celtics bar and like they're winning and they're going crazy, and you have like those five like Miami fans that are also in that same bar rooting on the Heat. They're like, oh, let, don't let us win one game. Oh, don't let us win another game. We're going to take it to game seven and this and that. And we're hearing that all week. And then y'all get home. You're like, oh, once I get home, it's it's done for. And then they just crap the bed. And it's not a Florida thing. And mind you, Florida has a ton of championships. So um, <clears throat> there's that. A ton? A ton? Mm, not a ton. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Some, not a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not talking about just basketball. Like, we're talking about the whole sports league, like, in regards to all sports. Well, I mean, dude, you can't compare the size of Florida to Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. You can't. I'm just saying. It's not fair. I'm just saying. Well, you, you're saying all the Mets because New England don't play in Mets. I mean, in Boston, so it's the same thing. Um, what team doesn't play in Massachusetts? I said New England doesn't play in Boston, so it's not the same. So you're counting the whole state of Mass. Um, what are you talking about? Massachusetts is tiny, man. Miami is bigger than like all of Massachusetts. Okay, but I'm just saying it's a whole state versus the whole state. But you're saying like we have more sports teams. That's fine. However, Boston fans and Massachusetts fans are some of the loudest, most vocal fans. Like, it's almost you probably can't hear it because you are a fan. But looking from the outside, when you're in that house, you can't recognize how loud you are. But when you step outside, you can realize how how loud you are. So I'm just saying. If you were the way you're looking at other teams right now or the way other fans are, you have to amplify that. And that's how Boston fans are. I'm just being fair. But that's it. The main question is about the whole Arena Aldona thing, and I was just commenting on your Boston thing. That's it. Thank you. It's just not true. It's just not true. I get where you're coming from. Look, as a man who has been a part of, like, all of, all of it. I understand where you're coming from. There are some people who are just dickheads. Um, but you also have to put in, take into account that these dickheads are like casual UFC fans. The ones that sit there and find something to shit on all the time. That's, those are those fans. Those are the ones who like all of a sudden they go to one game and they're like, oh, we've been there the entire time because we won the championship. But yet they don't even know who plays like third base for the Red Sox or plays shortstop for the Red Sox or, you know, was the closer for the Red Sox when they won the World Series, <clears throat> Keith Folk, in 2004. Like they, they're not actually fans. They're just dicks. So these people, like, and again, I'm not the one that's sitting there and DMing 
I wasn't DMing Miami fans after game six being like, oh, you suck, assholes. Like I was getting this morning. It was incredible. Like I even laughed at him. Like, wow, you guys are really taking this so seriously. But again, I stand by what I said. If you don't win the whole thing, if you don't go out there and starch Denver, nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares that you beat the Celtics. If you don't, with this mentality, if you don't win it all, you blew it. You blew it. So go win it all. Go win it all. Have your parade. And I will congratulate you. But I don't think you're gonna. I think you're gonna get run. And I'm actually gonna watch it and I'm probably gonna laugh at it. So I didn't fire those shots. Your fans did. Toke, hello. Hi. Thing that we didn't get to on um, on Friday was this new Bellator flyweight uh, division. So the thing that I am curious about is: Does Bellator even have? Do they have anyone to complement Horiguchi, or is it all going to come from the outside? They've already announced that he's going to fight the guy from Ryzen, I believe. So what does the? Do you think there's enough? Uh, kind of um, free agents and available flyweights to make a compelling flyweight division in Bellator? Or do you think this is more of, hey, we want to see Horiguchi actually do well in our company? That's my question. And have a good Tuesday, Mike. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, they obviously, they must have something in place. Um They must have something in place. They must have a bunch of flyweights that are like ready to go. So, but I like the, I like what they're doing here. I like that they're going back and doing um, the Bellator versus Ryzen thing. I think doing McKee and Pitbull on the card is, is a good call. I like this Horiguchi Takahashi fight. I think it's a great fight. I don't know who else they're going to bring in there, but They must have some people in mind. They must have some people ready to go. But I love the fact that they're finally doing this. And just don't put Ray Borg in the division for the love of God. Stop booking him for flyweight fights because it makes literally no sense. Please stop doing that. Please stop doing that. But I love what they're doing and should be a good fight. Should be a good fight. But I'm jacked up. At least Bellator's trying to do something. They're trying to do something. But now let's just let's build upon this. And to build upon um, Terrence's other thing, you know, Amanda Nunes, win or lose, she should leave the division. What division? There is no division. There's nobody there. There's, what, 11 bantamweights right now? Maybe 12? The bottom three... Fighters that are ranked at 135 at the UFC are not even bantamweights. They're featherweights. So there is real no real division. And even if she if she, Amanda loses, like that's just gonna create storyline. But you think if Amanda loses, she's just gonna retire? I don't think so. I think she's gonna want another rematch. And I don't think I don't know. I'm picking Aldana. Like I'm I'm telling you, I've vi- like the vibes are within me when it comes to Irene Aldana. I feel like she's going to go out there and beat Amanda Nunes. 
I don't know why. I don't have a stylistic feeling as to why, but it's, this is just a vibe feeling. I feel like Aldana's going to beat her. But I don't know if that's going to retire Amanda. And even if it does, like, even if it does, we got Raquel Pennington, who's on a nice run right now. But look at the rest of the division. There's, like, nobody there. It's wild. Let me pull up the UFC rankings right now. Bantamweight. Bantamweight. There's no featherweight rankings. We have Pena, Pennington, Holm, Vieira, Irene Aldana, who's fighting for the belt. We have Yana Santos, Panny Kanzad, Macy Chasson, Carol Hosa, Myra Bueno Silva, Misha Tate, Julia Avila. We don't know when she's coming back. Norma Dumont, featherweight. Chelsea Chandler, featherweight. Josiane Nunez, featherweight. There is no division. So what they should do is, and I've been saying this for a while, and this is not meant to be disrespectful. I said this on, on to the next one as well. 135 to like 155 should be like its own division. Or 135 to 145 should be its own division. It should be like Bamther weights, whatever you want to call it. From 135 to 146 should be one division. That's what it should be. I would love a world where that is the case, but what do I know? They're going to have like legit divisions, just make one title. Like this is all just so silly. Panda, hello. Panda? All right. Uh, Four Corner Sports. Hey, hey, Mike, can you hear me? Yep. Hey, so I know we have the Ultimate Fighter on tonight. Uh, I actually have a couple of questions. One, today's my birthday, and it's weird it's saying that I'm, I'm 30. If you have any advice to somebody that's entering their 30s on how life's going to be, uh, my 20s were a blast, and you know now that I'm in my 30s, it just feels weird. Um, I don't agree with that sentiment about Florida winning a whole bunch of titles just because... If you, if you want to look at the demographics, I mean, I'm a New Yorker, but I respect the Red Sox and the Red Sox from, what was it, 04 to the last title was 20, what was it, 2018? Won more titles than any other franchise in, in baseball. Nonetheless, I mean, they got the 08 Celtics, and I don't know anything about hockey like that, but, I mean, I, I would say Boston is kind of like title town USA. Outside of that, I mean, I'm actually really intrigued on this main event with Kai Car France versus Amir Abazi. I know it's kind of not being heavily promoted, but man, I, I, I just have I just have a really good feeling these flyways are going to really deliver. I feel like whoever can be listening to No Bets Bard is going to really come out with some serious cash. Just because, I mean, this is pretty much like a flyweight um, type of a uh, card. Intrigued on uh, Victor Altamirano. I feel like he's been coming up big. I mean, I know he had a crazy fight in his uh, previous fight. Um, I know it was on one of those uh, pay-per-view cards, but I don't know. Uh, what, what do you think is going to happen in the main event? And do you think Victor Altamirano is going to get uh, the win this weekend? All right, thanks, Mike. I mean, I ta- talked about the main event already. Um 
I mean, he could. Victor Altamonte is a good fighter. Tim Elliott is just, is just a dog, man. Just a whole different. It's it's a whole different level beating this dude. So I'll probably, but Tim's also been going through a ton. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good fight. I would probably pick Tim Elliott, but I could be t- dead wrong on that. But it's a good good event for the flyweights and. Flyweight under nation is going to be in full force. Well, happy birthday as well. You're 30. I would say it just like gets better. I don't know. Everyone's experience is different, but when I was, when I, I was 30, I turned 30. And then two months later I had my kid. So obviously like it was different for me. And the focus change and all that. So um, I just turned 40. And I actually feel better at 40 than I did at 30, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, just enjoy it. Gets better. Don't worry about getting older because older is wiser and wiser is cooler. So keep that in mind. And I think you'll be all right. Let's go to Dragon Daddy. What's up? Oh, hey, what's up? Is there uh, any? Was there any confirmation on like the possibility of Bellator being sold to somebody? So, there's. I mean, they're definitely up for sale. There's. They're up for sale. So, the PFL thing, from conversations I've had, like Ariel's talked about it as well. Uh, was there ever conversation between PFL and Bellator about, um, I don't know if it was like a merger about PFL, maybe purchasing Bellator. Yes. Was it very preliminary? Yes. Did they kind of die pretty quickly? Yes. Does it mean they can't come in at the 11th hour and still do something? It could, but from what I hear, and probably what Ariel is hearing as well, because he's talked about it. Um, there are some interesting players. Can't say, obviously. But PFL is not one of the players that are at the top of the list as of right this second. But again, that doesn't mean that somebody can't come, they can't come in and do something out of nowhere because we see it all the time. So Bellator is for sale. And there are conversations happening, and there are front runners. PFL at the moment, not one of them, but we'll see how it all plays out. I am very fascinated to see how this plays out, and I'm curious to see if PFL can come through. Like last minute, can they come through and, and make something happen? Because boy, would that be fun! That'd be super interesting if they can make something happen, but. From all accounts, as of right now, conversations were had, but they're not at the top of the list at the moment. So take that for for what it's worth. But I expect something within the next, I don't know, we'll see. Panda, hello. My man, Mike, two times a charm, of course. How are we? What's up, man? Um, yeah, I'll be short and sweet, two for you. Uh, first, I want to talk about the main event this weekend. Albazi versus Kaikara France. I mean, this is a huge fight for uh, Kaikara France after his last one. Obviously, wants to get back in the W column. 
Uh, and number two was announced recently, this BMF title fight. Um, is this just going to be, you know, I want to say a carbon copy of the last fight. What does Justin Dustin really look like uh, at this point in their careers? Thanks, Mike. It's, dude, it's going to be sick. I can't wait for it. Didn't need the BMF title. I've already given my thoughts about the BMF title. It's just silly. Um, I mean, if it means more money for the fighters, great. But we already did the BMF title. Like, do something else. Do the violence weight title or the all violence title or just be creative. And if and I'll say this, if if this if the BMF title is gonna be like a thing, and it's every time the winner fights, it's for the belt and they defend that belt, then fine. Like I'm in for it. Like I'm down for it for a gimmick, but it can't just be, all right, well, it's there when we need it every four years. I don't want that. So I'm picking Dustin to win. I could be wrong, but they're going to be an elevation, so it's a different fight. Just they're two, they're different fighters than the last time they fought, but I feel like Dustin's style, his ability to take punishment, will be the difference here. But I am curious to see how elevation will impact this fight in particular. Gagey can fight it at elevation, obviously. He trains at elevation, so he's going to have the advantage there. And Poirier's just dude can battle through all sorts of adversity. So can't wait for the fight. Fascinated by it. And be a fun one to watch during the watch party on July 29th. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Uh, QP, Bill's next. QP, are you there? All right. Uh, let's go to... Bill. What's up, Bill? You're muted, Bill. Oh, I was muted. My bad, Mike. How you doing? Good. How are you, I'm man? I'm doing good, man. I'm just wondering what you think about the integrity of this middleweight division when we got, I mean, arguably one of the best number one contenders in Robert Whitaker. And I, I don't see Duplessis or <sighs> any of that top five getting through him. So what do we... What are we really doing next is what I guess my question would be. Hold on a second. Uh, sorry about that. So I'm, I'm like, this is what I would do. This is, this is how I would handle it. I would pull DDP from this Robert Whitaker fight right now. Just pull him. Pull him from UFC 290. Let Drickus Duplessis fight for the belt. Let him fight Israel Adesanya. It's going to be in Sydney. 
Just let him fight for the belt. Izzy is going to win that fight. He's probably going to finish Drickus 2 plus C. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. It's just a terrible stylistic matchup for DDP. He's going to come in, guns a-blazing. He's going to make Izzy fun. And then Izzy will probably knock him out within the first 10 minutes of the fight. So that's fun. Izzy gets a big pop, looks like a star. That's great. Now you're like, what do we do with Robert Whitaker? Whitaker has no opponent. So pull Sean Strickland from the Abus Magomedov fight. Do Robert Whitaker versus Sean Strickland at UFC 290. Ikram Alaskarov is probably not fighting Paulo Costa at UFC 291. I'd be stunned if that fight happens. So either put Magomedov and Alaskarov together or just give them each different opponents so they can get on television and fight people, but just give DDP the freaking title shot. What are we doing here? Let's just do that. And if Whitaker, Whitaker could fight Strickland, winner of that fight gets the winner of Izzy versus DDP. That's how I would do it, but to put Whitaker and DDP in that position where they have to, tur- to fight each other and then turn around in two months to fight Izzy just... Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Now, a lot of people have suggested to me that, well, you know what they're probably going to do? They're probably just going to keep everything the way that it is, and then they'll do Izzy versus Jamal Hill at 205. I hate that idea. Not a fan of it. Would I be surprised if that's what the UFC does? No, I would not. But I could definitely see a world where they do that. But I just, there's no, it makes no sense to do that. It makes no sense to do that. So I would just put DDP in there with Izzy. Let Whitaker fight Strickland. Winner of that gets the winner of the title fight. Magomedov and Alaskarov could fight each other. Or he could do Fluffy Hernandez against one of those guys. I don't know. But you got to do something. I mean, we're getting pretty close here. We're like the end of May. We're a month away from UFC 290. We're a month away from the Strickland Magomedov fight. Like, we're a month away from all these fights coming together. Dana said an announcement is forthcoming. I have no idea what it's going to be, but is it going to be Izzy versus Jamal Hill at 205? I wouldn't be surprised, but I hope that's not the case. It does, we don't need to do this. We don't need to do this. DC Betts, hello. Hey, Mike, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, cool. Um, so I just wanted to talk about how uh, how Dana is uh, showing once again why he is the best promoter in MMA because he's done the impossible and he's almost turning almost done the impossible, but he's turning uh, Aljamain Sterling, uh, Sterling almost babyface by making him um, the him and the Son O'Malley fight is pretty much you know, uh, UFC fighter against the UFC now. So I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts about that, about how Dana, um, you know, with his villainous moves, somehow took, you know, Aljamain Sterling, who just can't connect with the fans. And finally, you know, a lot of people finally have that connection with him, or at least they can, you know, by kind of seeing uh, Aljamain and Sean, uh, you know, as, as, you know, the fighters against the UFC and, and how, uh, you know, Sterling really wants to beat Sean O'Malley now just to rub it into Dana and the UFC's face because, you know, they're, they're back in Sean O'Malley big time. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Have a heck of a morning. Thank you, brother. So, so you, 
You think this is be this is a plan from Dana? I don't think it's a I don't think it's a plan. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I don't think it's a plan. (laughs) I just think it's funny. Yeah, I just think it's funny how how you know what I mean. Like Dana does bad or good, man. It's promotion, and I think. You know, I don't think he's so clever enough to be like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. You know, Vince McMahon move here. But it's just funny how it's it's just, you know, the guy, hate him or love him, you know, he, he freaking, the promotion worked, you know, because now you're kind of like, now, I mean, I know I like Sean O'Malley, but I'm rooting for Aljamain too because a lot of times I agree with the UFC in a lot of senses. I know Dana's a dick, and I don't agree with a lot of the, the things he does, but business-wise – you can't say it's not working. You know, I like the every week of fights, you know, you got to get these, these weak cards because it ends up building stars. You know what I mean? So these weaker cards, like if Kai Karafantz does something really good this weekend, everybody gets to see his story, gets to see his thing. And then if he does a, you know, something amazing, then the next time you see him, you start remembering him just like Mackenzie dirt and her fight and her win wouldn't have meant as much if it wasn't a main event, you know, and we all complained about the card. But it does the job. Every, you know, now casuals are going to see Mackenzie Dern and say, oh, I remember that girl, you know? So, yeah, so I don't think Dana's that clever, but I just think it, it worked out in his favor for that way. And for Aljamain's, because now, you know, he's got a lot of a lot of ways to connect with the fans. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you that for Aljamain, because he's done the right thing here. He's firing back. Aljo deserves better. Aljo deserves better. And... To say that Dane is the best promoter is, I mean, I assume that's sarcasm because he's just not. He just isn't. I mean, from a business perspective, yes, he's the president and he deserves credit for helping build the UFC to where it is today. And there was a time where Dana was probably the best promoter um, when he was actually like interested in the product and not in and not more interested in promoting a slap fighting league on the company's platforms. Cause he is way more interested in slap fighting. He's way more interested in power slap than he is the UFC. That is a hundred percent unequivocally clear. He is more passionate about power slap than he is the UFC. It's unquestionable. It's 100% true. And Aljo is turning babyface, but, because people understand, like, what the fuck are we doing here? The dude just fought. Like, he literally just fought this month a five-round battle with Henry Cejudo. And before Aljamain Sterling could go into the locker room and take a shower, after he beat Henry Cejudo, Dana White went to the press conference and announced his next fight, essentially. He's fighting Sean O'Malley in Boston. That's where we want this fight. And I was just like, um, nah, dude, just fought. Need to get some shit checked out. I'll do it in September. Give me another month. And then what happens? Francis does the PFL deal. Dana's like, I'll show you. We'll announce Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley, which I think we all know both sides are not 100% in on that fight. But at that point, we know how the UFC does this. They just announce fights. They put pressure on fighters, put pressure on Aljamain Sterling. Sterling's just like, F it, I'll do it because I'll probably beat this dude anyways. But Aljo has done the right thing here. He has done the right thing. And do I think he'll be a baby face by the time they get to Boston? No, I don't. I don't think that. I think Sean O'Malley will still be over and Aljo will still get booed out of the building. And that's just the way that it is. 
And as far as like the, the other point about the cards and stuff, yeah, there's some truth to that, but which like who has emerged as a star in this era from the like the apex era of having fights at the apex? Who has emerged as an actual star for the company? Who? None. Nobody. I can't think of anybody that has emerged as an actual star from the Apex era. I can't think of anybody. I can't think of anybody. Now, have we had moments in front of fans? Sure. But the problem, here's my issue. How many times have we prepared ourselves for a card and we're trying to find ways to like it, but instead of the UFC actually promoting the card, they promote the slap fighting? It's happened so many times. How you how you expect to build stars that way? It's cool to put them out there, but like, I don't know. They could do better with this. They could do better with this. 100%. This card's not bad. Like, it'll be a fun watch, but it, this is not a card where, like, people are just going to be like, you know what? I can't, I can't go to the barbecue this weekend because I have to watch Kai Kara France fight Amir Albazi. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think people are going to be like, all right, I'll come to the barbecue and play some cornhole and skip this one. I'll watch it on Sunday. Or I'll read MMAfighting.com and get the results. And some of the pay-per-views have been like that, too. So I don't know if I can fully agree with all, all of that, but this is the deal. I mean, this is the deal that ESPN is paying them for. They are obligated to put, put on cards. They have to. They have no choice. They're contractually obligated to do it. Uh, Bull, what's up? Bull, are you there? I'm here. What's, What's up, man? Up, Mike? How you doing, brother? Uh, um, Good. quick question. Uh, Paulo Costa, man, what's going on with that dude? It seems like the last two or three fights that the UFC announces, he comes out and says, "I'm not taking this fight." Um, we also heard he got a new contract supposedly. So, I was under the impression that um, the issues are resolved, but still some weird shit going on with Costa. Uh, what do you think? Well, I mean, it is. As far as I know, uh, or as far as I can tell, and from other reports as well, they're talking, but there is no deal. There is no deal. Remember, there were like reports that Paul is going to make a million dollars a fight, which nobody really truly believed. I, I don't know. Honestly, Paul Costa seems to be like, I'm getting paid what I'm worth or I'm not fighting and power to him. But if he's not going to take a fight with Robert Whitaker, why in the hell would he fight Ikram Alaskarov? It makes, I mean, it literally makes no sense. I, I looked at that fight and I was like, boy, is that an interesting fight? And I would watch the hell out of it. But the first reaction I saw when I saw the graphic was like, there's no way he's fighting this guy. If he wasn't going to fight Robert Whitaker. He's not fighting this dude. And I'm sure he's not getting paid what he wants to be paid to fight this guy. Back in elevation again. So 
it doesn't seem like there's a deal in place. Paulo's already kind of called cap on that fight being announced to begin with. Why are we not just doing Paulo Costa versus Hamza Chemaev? What are we doing here? Why is that not happening? That fight should already be on the Abu Dhabi card. It's the fight everybody wants. What are we doing? I don't get it. We're here to put on the fights the fans want to see, right? Everybody wants to see Paulo Costa fight Hamza Chemaev. They want to see the build to it. It's right there. What are we doing? Instead, we're going to put him in there with a guy that Hamzat fought once before? Like, what the hell are we doing here? So I don't think we're going to see Costa fight Alaskarov. Unless, I mean, I don't know. Unless they want to pay him a bunch of money. But it doesn't seem like they're going to want to pay him a bunch of money. So I'd be stunned if that fight happens. But I don't know what's happening with them. But I assume a deal is not done. Ricky. Hello. Ricky, do we have you? Uh, Ricky, try again, man. It's not getting through for some reason. Uh, let's see if we can get Viking in here real quick. Trying. Viking, do we have you? Yes, I know why Paulo Costa is not fighting Hamza Chimaev and Ikram Aliskaro because, you know, just like Kobe Covington said in his interview that don't cross your boss and Paulo Costa just did that. So, so that's the main reason, I think. And the other thing, I just want to ask about the fight between uh, Benil Darius and Charles Oliveira because I'm 100% sure that Benil Darius is going to get the W and he's going to fight Islam in Abu Dhabi and Islam is going to win because a Muslim fighter is not going to lose in Abu Dhabi so so Islam is going to beat Benil Darius so what's next uh, for Benil Darius, if he, if Islam beats him, thanks a lot, Mike. Well, it's not going to be good. He'll probably have to fight the up and coming hungry killers. He'll be fighting the Sarukians, the Raphael Fazeevs, the Grant Dawsons, those kinds of guys, Jalen Turner's. Um, that's kind of his path. If he doesn't win the belt, he's in a tough spot. He's in a tough spot, but he's got to go out there and, and take care of business against Charles Oliveira. Cause if he loses another fight, it's probably not getting a title shot. Maybe ever. And it's unfair to say ball. Muhammad's kind of in the same position he's in. Those two are very similar paths right now. So yeah, it's a tough spot for him. If he loses, if he loses to, to Oliveira, and if he gets the title shot and loses to Makachev, it's going to be tough getting him back there. It's going to be really tough unless he jumps in on a like a short notice opportunity. Uh, let's go to the fan and then we're going to get out. Hey, of what's up, bro? Fan. Hey, listen, have you seen Nate Diaz uh, pad work? I have. Yeah, bro, it's embarrassing, bro. This is why boxing is better, bro. <laughs> bro, like, bro, boxing is just better, man. Have you seen that shit, I mean, bro? Yeah, I've seen it, man. 
I've seen it. But honestly, I was uh, I was in Hollywood, Florida a couple of years back watching Evander Holyfield hit pads before fighting Vitor Belfort. And that was the worst I've ever seen. That was that was the time where I was like, oh boy, this is uh this is not gonna go well. This dude should not be getting in there and boxing anybody, let alone Vitor Belfort, who was probably not natty at the time. So didn't love that. I mean, look, Nate's not I, I think we all kind of understand what this fight is, right? This is a let's sell out an arena, let's get a bunch of pay-per-views, let's use Jake's fans and add in Nate's fans and create a event that makes a ton of money. And this one is going to make a ton of money. And what Nate Diaz is so good at is he's probably going to lose to Jake Paul, but he's going to have at least a moment in the fight where like Jake might win the first five rounds, but then Nate wins like two of the last three and makes it seem like he won the war And it was like, this is a real fight, and we scored it on the basis of an entire fight. I win, but since we're doing it round by round, Jake Paul wins. Nate will always find a way to find a victory. So Nate's not going to sit there and have a classic boxing match with Jake Paul. Like, that's just not going to happen. He's going to go in there and just, like, take punches. He's going to be like, come on, mofo, and chuck some shit back and land some punches late in the fight. Nate's going to do a great job, like, finding a victory in a defeat. That's what he does. So, yeah, this is, what, this is what boxing is right now. This is what boxing is right now. There's some bad, like, non-boxing boxers, but people are interested in it. It's insanity. It's wild to me. Wayne, hello. Wayne. You're muted, Wayne. Do we have you? All right. Apparently, Jake Paul Sr. is here. Yeah, maybe not. We tried. All right, Mayonnaise, fake, <laughs> Mayonnaise Facebook Flanagan. Take us home. Take us home, Mike. Honestly, I don't know what I got today. Looking at the card this weekend, what's the low-key banger? That's what I want to know. Happy Tuesday. Low-key banger. There's a couple. I think Daniel Santos, Johnny Munoz Jr. is probably not going to the cards. I like the Eliza Zaleski, Abu Bakar, and fight. But to me, it's going to be the Tim Elliott, Victor Alta Morano fight. I think that one's going to kind of fly under the radar, especially at the main event. And I think those two are just going to get after it. It's going to be fun as hell. So love that one. That's the one I'm going with. I do think this fight's going to be like, this is not a card. Again, this is not a card that you're going to cancel your plans to make sure that you're watching. Like if you have a early Sunday morning tea time on the golf course, you're not going to be like, eh, I'm going to skip it because I have to stay up late and watch this UFC fight night card. You're not going to do that. But 
if you don't have an early tea time, if you don't have other plans and you're sitting home watching fights, I think you'll enjoy this card. I think this will be a fine watch. It's not one we're going to be talking about for multiple weeks to come. But it's going to be like, all right, I'm glad I watched it. There's some competitive fights on here. Some interesting names, some potential storylines that can come out of it. But ones that are only going to last like 24 to 48 hours. And then it's on to the pay-per-view. And then it's on to the next card. And on to the next card. And the next one. And the next one. All the way to International Fight Week. So, yeah, this will be a fine watch. But I'll go with Elliot Altamirano as the low-key banger. All right, we are done. As you can hear in my voice, um, face just continues to hurt. Uh, whatever illness I got struck with on Saturday is just not going away. So thank you all very much. We will be back on Thursday. Actually, we will not be back on Thursday. Maybe I, I might have to tag an AK on Thursday. Might have to tag an AK on Thursday. Because we got something something cooking here in South Carolina. Uh that I have to take care of on Thursday morning. So I'll probably be back on Friday. We'll do a BTL on Thursday, but it'll be like er a little bit later than usual. I'll fill you guys in on Friday and what the hell's going on. But so I'll try to tag an AK on Thursday. So we do have a show and then we'll get you ready for UFC Vegas 74 throughout the week. So thank you all very much. I appreciate it. We'll see you guys later on this week. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. And as always, have a heck of a morning. Go Nuggets. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom. No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.